0: <clears throat> now we're starting a bit late, so I apologize in advance if I go a few minutes over time. <clears throat> so in this year, I'd like to discuss a bit of the background for the very famous basic concept of Gebrochts Sharia on Pesach. Now, Gebrakt, of all things, is a topic that's Grada has had much written about it, including recently, including in very clear fashion, historic fashion, but I feel that I found an angle to the halakh of Gebruks, the history of Gebruks, that has not been fully explored yet, fully emphasized to the extent that I saw, uh, as we shall see. Now I think we all are starting with the common knowledge that Gebruks is considered a chassidish hachumrah, which is a Chumrah we practice in Chabad, as well as other Chassidocin, as opposed to, whereas Stam, Amcha, Stam Yidn, whatever you like to call them, Snagdim, Litvisha, Ashkenazim, whatever term you like to use, they don't have this tradition, they don't have this Chumrah. What's the, what's the Varda Gebrokt? What was the Iker Chumrah of Gebrokt? We can put it as the, the original Choml of Vart was that people eat knedlach on Pesach and we're coming up with a hezber as to why we're not going to eat knedlach from matzah mail, from uh, flour that's created from grinding baked matzah. But it's not just knedlach per se, it's also crumbling matzah into the soup but more specific, well-known uh, ways of eating, using the matzah with your food that were once very common or are still common among those wheat products. and then in addition you have the extra uh, nerven of just making sure that no water touches the matzah in any way but uh, just to phrase it right the original context was saying you know what we have a problem with these macholem. we don't want to crumble the matzah we don't want to make anymore so the question of course is that's just by way of background so the question of course is many ask why did this become a thing what, what does this have to do with chsidus? And what is the halachic basis? Is there a halachic basis if no one was makbut on this up until then, until the chassidim came along? And, like I said, things have been written about this already, and among other things, uh, I'll just mention in passing, for your general knowledge, Rav Baruch Arbelander has written about the history of the tzuras ha how the matzah was baked, the changes over time, and he's written, uh, he wrote it in Ha'aris a bunch of years ago, then he... Uh, uh, we packaged it, or I didn't go and compare Mustamidas with the uh, Harbi in Uri uh, Yisrael, uh, a couple of years later, a couple of years ago, in two installments of Gedalia Oberlander, uh, has an article on the halacha, the, the halacha of Gabraks and different Yisraelis and halacha that are in Egea. Uh, he printed it in Uri Yisrael and then it's, it's now in Menegav uh, Yisrael. Uh, there's an article by Professor Spiegel and Yiddish Haseinu about the history, the early history of Ashkenazah Shematzah. Uh, there's a, an article by uh, someone by the name of Levi Cooper who discusses the, the history of the Chassidus, that angle. Uh, there's something in the New Hatam from Beis Mashiach. Someone wrote up a nice overview of uh, the Halachas underlying Gebrak. So there's a lot of stuff. Eleven has the artist in the Alte But Shiva, we're going to discuss, other places I've discussed it, so Obviously, not here just to uh, recycle that, but it's Kadai to mention. The Maimar Muzgar, before I get to, obviously, the Al Tereb is going to be the the starting point, but before I get to the Al Tereb, I'm going to be talking about Gebrachts. Gebrachts, just as a brief linguistic note, uh, I think a lot of people may not be familiar with what the word Gebrachts is or means in Yiddish. And Relatedly, I was asked recently by someone. Uh, who knows Yom Teverlich has a song Shabbos Kodesh. So in that song, there's a line there. Chista brokt et kreit, etc. macht fire, etc. Shabbos. Person asks, what's brokt kreit? All right. In Gemara, they're to look at the Gemara. Gemara says of parim silka. So most people would guess probably it means to dip. It means to soak. It's, you think. shruya. Uh, I knew that it wasn't that, but I couldn't remember what it was. I went to look it up again. Anyway, that's interesting to know. The word brocken means to shred, to crumble. And it's related to the word abrekel, tzebreklen. These are all related words. In fact, the word brechen in Yiddish and the word break in English, are all related, they're all cousins, they all come from the same Alta German Shredish. And the word brock is taka used in other ways in Yiddish, it's not just in reference to gebrockz on Pesach, Ein, ein brocken, are gebrockt, farbrockt uh, There's an expression, Hotch uh, hakun brock, et uh, So the shot in the song is uh, brockt he's chopping, uh, chopping the vegetables. I don't know how many people hear the song in Taken No Peter Shamilis, so now you know that's what the Gemara is saying, parim, parim silka. he cut the, the vegetable. How did he get from silka to kreut? It's a different question for uh, a different discussion. Uh, but so, that the word in Yiddish is referring specifically to the practice of crumbling the matzah into the soup. That particular version of it, that seems to be the basis for the word. I actually looked around to see if the word is even used in Chabad Yiddish, because we know different people speak uh, different forms of Yiddish. As far as I could see, the word Gebrokt, or gebracht, does not appear as a word in Chabad, but you do see the verb in Rishimus, the Rebbe writes, Rebbe, that Achen the Ebrashab, The Rebbe referred to the Indian and said that uh, I was talking about this idea that you don't, uh, it's not just uh, that you're allowed to, but that we go ahead and we do it on purpose. So the Rebbe said, That was the Rebbe's Lashon. The Rebbe also used it in the early years about uh, in a a borrowed sense, a person's davening and chopping the words, and so I guess that means you're, uh, I don't know, chopping, grinding the words. Kopanem, back to l'inyoneinu. So the first uh, mocker, the main mocker of this uh, Hasidic practice is the I think believe it's of the first, the first on the record, and uh, also really the only one who has this lengthy and serious treatment of the of the topic from a halachic perspective. And in fact, others point out that in other Ksidr they used to say that, oh, we looked into it, we couldn't even figure out ourselves what the marker, what the Yosu'id is. said The gather is that it doesn't have a marker. but as Vidalia Oberlander writes, that doesn't seem to be the case. It definitely is plenty of halachic basis, and as we'll see from the himself. So there's a tshuva. The tshuva was printed for the first time in uh, one of the early prints of the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, Tafresh Zayin of Avram, printed another edition of the Shulchan Aruch and he included a bunch uh, of additional shuvus, which is how we have many of them. We also have this in Ksav Yad, so it's not the only way we got it, but uh, it's in the, the Shuvus of Kahosna, and Vav. I'm going to try to convey what the Rebbe says there and try to simplify it so you really uh, get the Hemshech Advarim without turning it into uh, something complex and complicated. So the, the title in the Ksav is Nidoin bishal Matzah SheNesparra That's the terminology, Bishal Matzah SheNesparra, which Nesparra, again, Dafka corresponds very nicely to the word Gebraktz. The Alter does not use the word Shruya at all, I didn't check when different words came into use. But Bishel Matzah SheNesparra, If you crumble the matzah, can you cook it? So we don't have, we don't have a date, we don't have who it was addressed to, that information was lost but there are those who try to speculate from within the truth itself when it could have been written, as we shall see. So the Alter writes, I got your letter, whoever it was, and uh, I'm here to respond and to address. Oydais Isr Matzosh and Alter says, Be'emes, can't say it's an Isr Gomer Ubarer Medina, and as Alter Rebbe will say later, no one ever uh, mentioned it before. Hard to call something that's not mentioned anywhere, an Isr Gomer Ubarer Medina. But the way the Al-Tarebbe frames it is ha-machmer tov ayolev bracha It's the right thing to do, to be machmer. And it wouldn't be odd, it wouldn't be strange to say, that oh, it's a humer boleitam, which is how others talk, talk about it, it's not, a, not acceptable to the Al-Tarebbe. Taim ha says, there's a very good reason. lizar mehashash isr deri he says, the reason is that there's a shiten vishreinem, and he says, shepasak ha-pri chadosh, ha-pri chadosh, pask ntelach el ma'isa. That if you have flowers, and so now let's, Let's take a pause and look at what, we, what those of were talking about. People want to make things on Pesach, so the common solution which we're discussing is matzah mail. You take the matzah meal, you take the matzahs, you bake it, the way the halacha says you're supposed to bake it, so there's no chash hametz. Once you have the matzah, so now oh, you're relaxed, we're good. You take the matzah, we grind it, you have matzah meal. now we can uh, start making uh, recipes. Shaila is, why do you even have to go uh, and go through the whole bother? have all this flour, that if the flour itself is baked, so that also eliminates the possibility for chimots. So take hundreds of tons of flour, in this day and age would probably be on that scale, take hundreds of tons of flour and run it through the oven, bake the flour, and you can skip the whole, uh, you can skip the whole matzah process. I was sharing this with uh, someone in the food business, and immediately he was thinking, oh, uh, the prices, the prices would be very different, because uh, matzah meals, after the matzo production, the prices shoot up. Imagine if there was uh, just baked flour. It would be a whole different uh, ball game in terms of the economics of Pesach. So a mentioned the smak and the uh, Rebbein mentioned, that They were doing this. They came to uh, the Smaq and the Rebbein and said, we're not, we're not happy, we're not comfortable with this. And they mentioned this, the Gemara, the Gemara mentions uh, different things that the Gemara mentions, uh, that even the Gemara has, and one of them is that if you, so you cook the fl- this flour that they would put in the dish, part of the process of cooking and Gemara says the flour that they put in the dish that's getting cooked makes us nervous that it might not get uh, So the Gemara, you already have this tiny, tiny yesoid that, in the cooking context, behold, we, we feel that same concern applies in this scenario where they're putting in the oven and baking it, it's the same problem, so therefore, we should stop doing this. Okay, so that's a day in Rishanam, the al is saying, the Pri-Chadash po'ar Okay, so now we've established this, the Gemara, and the Gemara now turned into what the Rishanam says, you can't just bake flour and then use it in your recipe. Okay, what does that have to do with uh, matzahs? talking about matzahs here. So, Al-Tarebbe, v'nei neinu we see, bahar be many matzahs today, ma'at kamach achar some powdery substance, some flour still on the matzah. I know when people talk about this chiva today, the part of the discussion becomes so does that still apply today? Is that even true anymore? Is it not true? I don't know. To some extent, I think you do see uh, what seems like a, some powdery, uh, you know, some fine powder on the matzah. I don't know if that's exactly the Alterbament, the At-terebbe meant mamish uh, flour. Akopanem. That's what the Alterbament says. We see this, all this flour. Why is that? What's going on? The reason is because it wasn't kneaded uh, properly. Uh, and under the verter, as, as it says here and as it says later, the, the nerven, right? We bake matzahs. We, uh, we don't look at it as a relaxing uh, afternoon pasta. Well, let's go and uh, eat the matzah. Well, 18 minutes, I have enough time, and uh, needing, uh, needing the, the same thing at home probably wouldn't take 18 minutes. But the whole attitude we come with is that we're very, very nervous, Nothing, everything has to move, everything has to move fast, you can't stop so essentially the kneading isn't being done properly and again i have seen people discuss whether is that even applied to what we're doing now but that's what the Atrebe is describing and it's, he says it's a hard dough and the pashtos this is also associated with the matzahs that we know today that are completely hard as we're familiar with them now Is probably also related it's a related part of this process of how the matzah became what it became so the altar is saying since this is the case now so that means we just said there's a problem with flour, stam flour that was in the oven. So now on the matzah, there's some stam flour that was in the oven. On the matzah. Package deal. Aye, uh, what about the matzas themselves? No, the matzahs matzas themselves are fine. But the second you put the do the next step in your recipe, the second you put the matzah in the soup. So that prichada, chadash, like those of you shine him. So Bazoy, the Kamach shall gabi a nami, ikla mecha shall According to the Rebbe, once you take a go with this, like that then it's Mamish does his psychat, like that shit, oh it does this is the same Kamah. He says the Prichadash cited this is shy in him halakhla maisa. And he keeps on emphasizing the prichadash, which is important for what we're going to discuss. So if you're just eating the matzah itself, he says, the matzahs themselves, we're not, we're not putting the hour on the matzahs. But the moment you combine it with other ingredients, just like in time of the Rishonim, they put the flour in the oven and then they moved to the next step and mixed it with something. And that's what bothered them. Uh, so, I, the pri-chadash, he keeps going the pri-chadash, pri like this Rishonim. He says, Haha, the pri himself, if you look there, actually talks about something related and talks about kamach that's on uh, a baked uh, item, and he says that it's not a problem, and he disagrees with the Rashidam, who Taka uh, thought it was a problem, so sucked talked out today, but okay, so in this prat, I'm passing like the Prichadash, and in this prat, Now this is what I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Reshdam, the Prichadash, that's where I'm heading, uh, as I'll get to uh, shortly. But so what we saw so far is this is Gemara Vardan Gomara about the uh, Dumul Shaper. Then the Smak and Miniruchim came and applied it to flour in the oven. Pri Khadash uh, cited La Alakha, Prichhadish's is Shahalaha safe for Al Sayyidhul Shlokhanara. Al Tarab wants to now say that now our matas have this problem. I the Prichadash himself, it seems, wouldn't agree in this scenario. So I was right for that, but we'll use the Rashdam, which is a Shalos Sachuvas. And uh here he uses Amachmet Tavy Alla Bracha. So interesting to pay attention. Really. It's so, about the pri is Shafilu this prout is Pshita Shamach and Tava It would be interesting to keep track of the different shyness. But at any rate, the general uh, thrust is that he's building the structure, as we just described, and we're getting to this end point, this Mascana. says, I, the prikhadash in the case the prikhadash was talking about with flour on the, on the bread, he was talking about mamish pouring more flour on. So what we're talking about is a lesser version, and that's not even what they were talking about. They were talking about Mamash putting flour, we're talking about less. But no, we see there's so much, so many matzahs that have some kamach visible after the afiyah, you can't deny it. Aye, he circles back around. I why didn't anyone mention this before? Why am I the first one to make? Is this a chiddush? Or is this a new thing or is this a basic halacha? Because it's not matzah, or it wasn't matzah. It's not matzah in normal matzah, normal bread. It's only a problem in the way we're baking our matzahs. <speaking> in, <Hebrew> in history, mo, they used to take their time, the Lisha and the Gilgal, and make sure that it was done right. So there was no problem. Here the Rebbe gives this time frame, it's been the last 20 years or so, that what? First, another chumra spread, the, the, the Zahira spread, Lamar Moed Moed Balisha. everything's very uh, hurried, Ve'en and Yafi Yafi, they're not doing it thoroughly and properly. That, the At-Terebbe said, started about 20 years ago. So as a result, now we have this Kamach on the Issa Kasha, as anyone can see. So based on this 20-year uh, number of people, we, we know that the already started in Mizritch from different places, so bazoi, and the Otter is saying that it started because of this change in baking the matzah, so. The uh, hashara is that this shuva must have been written within 20 years after Tafkof Lamed Bez, which is the last year that Mezich was alive. So somewhere before Tafkof Nun is what Bar Levin writes in uh, his edition. Um, and there's much more to discuss about the history and the development of matzahs. It's not what we're focusing on, like I said. Baruch Aberlander wrote about it. And then the author goes on and says, So now, if you just uh, crumble it into the matzah, into the soup, uh, so that would be, that would be the worst, that would be the worst case scenario. Because you mamish putting the flour straight into the soup. It's a Interesting that the Rebbe says, when you do it, Sounds like he's implying that it was mamish, that was the day when Shabbos took a Pesach, Pesach took a that was the, that was the time to crumble matzah into the soup. I think, unless he means b'chalal. Anyway, at any rate, um, if you put it directly in, because there's no tarevis. He says, if you grind the matzah, and then you make igulim, that's the Hebrew word that the uses, he says, then, he says, then you could start being methodical whether it's a din of tarevis, because it's not just uh, the matzah apparently, he says, then we can go off into Yeridea and have fun with that. And Al-Tareb himself says, Al-Tareb himself didn't want to go off and get into that. But uh, suffice it to say that uh, you don't want to start finding out whether it's okay or not. You want to stay away. Stam, the al Tereb was used to the word Igulam. reminds me of uh, the Milsad of Dichas, the uh, about the uh, I don't know if it's a famous one or not that uh, there was an individual and he wanted to go uh, check out the Alte to see if the Alte Rebbe is uh, up to his standards. And Fshul uh, saw him as uh, someone to poke fun at, so he told this, this fellow, he says, you're going to the Alte Rebbe talk to him in Kabbalah, I have a big shawl in Kabbalah, I found in a safer state, Eagle, kav, sounds Kabbalistic. So he told him this and He says, "Go ask the Alter So he came to the Alter Rebbe and he repeated the, the shiluf. It's a shiluf for you. Alter Rebbe says, oh, that. That is a krepl." I am a It's flour. Then an asadavuk, the flour uh, comes, comes dough. Then you make an uh, eagle gadol, a big, uh, big round piece of dough. Then carving, uh, carving, you make uh, small pieces, and those are kreplo. Anyway, so here you see the Alter calls the knedlach uh, So that's the Alter Rebbe's and he says be and I'm not saying that we should be moicher. We're not out in a campaign to scream at people that are being mekel because they have what to be seymechan. And the Alter says the iker. Is that they're following Rashi and Rambam. Rashi and Rambam are the ones who say clearly that you could bake flour in an oven, meaning the says, "Ah, Rashi and Rambam, because they, the whole, the the, the whole of flour is not a problem to them." Interesting, that, which, which is interesting that the Rebbe says it that way, because surely all the meyiden are machmir not to just put flour in the oven. So in that way, they are following the Smak and Yeruch. But somehow the is saying that Musbenzagon that in the Gebrak, their father, the only way that Alter Rebbe is seemingly confined to explain it is that Musbenzagon they're being simcha and Ashi and the when they there's no problem with flour at all, which is which is interesting. Then Al Alter adds, below the Lefi Ma'achas of Harizal, Lahach, and we call All of a sudden, Al Alter brings, listen, in, be all the Chumris, and Reb love is mitzayin. The first mock is Mishnah Chassidim, Mishnah Chassidim says I'm, I'm quoting, it could be it was a paraphrase, but that's where I'm quoting from. I didn't look each one up separately. So that's the Mishnah Chassidim, who's from the Arizals, subsequently in Italy, uh, unclear, I guess, doesn't seem like he's uh, managed to trace it further back to the original Kisvei Arizal, but Meshach Chassidim was considered a very khashuva, a mucker within the world of Kisvei Arizal, and he got it from somewhere. Uh, bar Haitiv actually also brings it in the En Aruch, Arizal, Pesach, kalashana, and then you have various Sidurim of the Arizal that were composed in Eastern Europe by Chassidim, Tomidei al and they write, asorod Dvarim Mekachim Shem the person wants to become a heiliger mensh, Holier, so one of them is, Shehizor mechometz mimashu b'chol preteh hachumres ha-neskaras b'peiskem. And in another Siddur Arizal, he writes, Kosova Arizal shehizor ra'odom b'chometz mimashu b'chol hachumres v'hu echad me'asar d'varem b'nevim v'nei k'dushu. So you have all these, Mechaitis, which al Alta is referencing uh, very briefly in passing. Kosova Arizal hachmer k'al hachumres b'peisach. Shehba Zohi, p'shito shehish lahachmer k'ha harashdam shehba peri chadash. The punchline is, we're following the rashdam she'vapri chadash because the ayrizzal se'et yimach b'buchol l'chumnesu Pesach. Then the author of the famously, komak b'yant v'achren ha-mechum sh'em simchas So that's where the idea of achren sh'o being different comes from, simchas yomtev, you're being makel. And then the author adds, "May pay this if it's juice, then p'shita, there's no problem. Which we know, up until the time of the Rebbe HaShab, they talk, uh, would still uh, you have matzah with wine, matzah with milk. Today it's just uh, not considered Pesach dik anymore, plus uh, it's argued that there might be water in the milk, there might be water in the wine, as supposed to homemade, and now uh, signs off. Now really this uh, discussion, as we uh, presented, as we touched on it, really touches a bit on the more general question we can ask, which is, you know, what is matzah? And I've seen the titles of some of these videos, but uh, Sometimes I like to ask, you know, does matzah exist? You know, what is matzah exactly? We, we know we're eating something on Pesach based on what the Torah says. But like, is matzah a, a specific, obviously there are many ways of making bread in the, that part of the world in ancient times. Like are we trying to make a specific type of bread? Are we just trying to make something that's not chametz? dick uh, All the changes and the developments that have taken place over time. And it looks like historically, Taka, Germany, Ashkenaz had uh, its early history then its later history. Could be Spain had something else, could be the Arab lands had something else, and that's what these different articles that I mentioned earlier might be covering. But, uh, I'm gonna, that's where I'm getting to, we're going to spend some time on it. Um, and the Al-Tareb is coming to testify, to attest to the fact that there's a, a major change has just been underway in twenty in the last 20 years Like I said probably in the direction of the matzah as we have it now and he's admitting that it's causing new problems Uh, otherwise we wouldn't have this problem but apparently like he said it's his heros that was spreading so uh, and even if it causes new problems that's what we prefer and I'll point out that like I said I think it also led to the matzah being as hard as it is today and uh, every year people with the the shirk, am I eating it fast enough, how much time and Bepashis, if you think about it, a normal piece of bread, a normal texture of bread, you would never have the shayla. Eating a sheer kadekhilis pras of normal bread, I would think, would not take more than a minute. Uh, because the texture is chewable and digestible, and this texture just very much isn't, and it's not the normal texture of anything that we usually call bread. And in fact, you have that say that you can't make a hametzian matzah because it's, uh, it's not bread; it's a cracker. It's, you, can, you get into the pasah territory. You have to come and and to explain. What, so, like, it's clear that we've. Uh, really warped the Tzuras Samatza compared to uh, the way it's supposed to be, the way it even used to be in Ashkenaz, but that's where, that's how we want it. So all of this technically is well-known or should be well-known, but what I, what as we saw, the Altareb is placing first the Prychadash and then the Ashdam, Mamesh in the center of his whole uh, Binyan. And in all the places that I've seen, even those that talk about this at length, I didn't really see any focus so much on the And it's actually something that caused, that triggered uh, my interest Dafka, on this aspect and uh, I'm going to share with you in a moment. And that's, that's what I, the focus that I want to, uh, I want to have here is to look at this less, lesser known aspect that contributed essentially to how we have the Isr of Gabraks as we know it today, All right? So if you ask where does Gabraks come from, part of the answer will take us back to a Bakhlekas that happened in Turkey in the 1500s. Now, how did I uh, get to this? So uh, it's related uh, to what we're talking about. So I'll mention it. Um, is, uh, in Iran, there's a, a group of people called the Uh, uh They are, uh, they were, these nomadic tribes that live this old way of life. Uh, Iran, Africa, of all countries, is the kind of country that has been very modernized. Uh, was very modernized and. If they wanted, they could just join uh, Western, more normal Western-like life. But there are parts of these tribes that could try as hard as they can to keep up their old way of living. But in the Gaish uh, year of 2023, even when you're doing that and you live in a vincle in Iran, but you also have a YouTube channel because lots of people love to see how people do things the old-fashioned way. So while they're uh, cutting the, the grain with, uh, with the sickle, they're also uh, standing there and uh, taking a video. Uh, so I was looking at it a little bit because uh, I was trying to share with my children, show them what ktsideschitem used to look like, what you know, grinding used to look like. So I found this channel from the, this, this tribe that uh, are showing how they do all these things. And then I came across at Mamish in the last week, they posted a video of how they make a certain bread called lavash. If I, if I could, I would put the video up. It's very interesting to see, but it's not practical. So you're going to have to rely on my uh, description. I can tell you how to find it if you want. So if you look at the, this video, you, can, you watch what they're doing. You see, after a few minutes, they're Mamish, lo- making what looks exactly like matzah. They make a dough, and they take small pieces off, and then they take a stick, and they're Mamash, They're rolling and rolling, and they flatten it in Mamish flat, come out identical to what you'd see. And again, they're not doing this because it's uh, Pesach, they don't have a mitzvah, this is for real, this is what they talk to eat, this is real bread. Larger than ours though. And then they have uh, a metal, uh, pe- metal bit on top of uh, some heating elements. They don't, don't stick it in a, in a furnace, in a blazing furnace the way we do, that's uh, our invention. Uh, so they put it on this uh, small uh, heater. And they flip it over a little bit, and then it comes out looking pretty similar to ours, it even has all the bumps, but that's just because there are bumps on the heater, not that they uh, made holes in it. But you can see it's much, much softer, and it's just very interesting to see uh, this type of food being eaten in its natural habitat, in a natural context, not like, uh, like I said, not stamm, like a mitzvah. So I shared it somewhere, like, oh, it's interesting, the Pesach, uh, to see what they're doing. So someone responded and said, oh! You know what? What they're doing right there is exactly what the pri-chadash and the Alter Rebbe is describing. That uh, we saw the Alter Rebbe is referring to pri-chadash, talking about flour on bread. That's Mamish, precisely, the, looks like precisely the description that you find in the pri-chadash, who is uh, quoting from the Rashdam. The Alter Rebbe is building his whole binyin on the Rashdam and pri-chadash, based on this concept. So all of a sudden this becomes a lot more interesting and a lot more uh, relevant. So that's why I want to focus on the Rashdam and the prikhadash and it's interesting to see it in a more realistic way to understand where it's coming from in terms of these foods and to compare it to ours, and they'll give us, I think, a better insight into what we're talking about. And in addition, I haven't seen that anyone actually ever went and properly explained the Rashdam al or the Prichadash to explain what they were talking about, so uh, that's also uh, new. So on the Shotm al Chavav, the Rashdam is of Shmuel de Medina, Lived in the fifteen hundreds in Saloniki, in Greece. Chuvas are very chuvas. So in Simcha it starts off the fourth question. What is the fourth question? So in the new Zichron Aaron, on the bottom they say that it's really the every Shluch Chuvas has this problem. When a place writes, uh, gets four questions and writes four answers back. Now your shil is: Do you print it as one child one and chuvah in the safer? Do you split it up? And if you split it up, how do you split it up? So well, that's what happened here. He got shilas from a place called Magnesia. Looked it up. What's Magnesia? Today in Turkey, it's a place called Manisa. Manisa in Turkey used to be known as magnesium. I didn't have a chance to figure out who the person asking was. I imagine it's possible to figure out. So he begins by talking about, and he writes the following, this is the word as it's spelled, hey, Yud Vav, or Fei, kuf, alef, shin or sin. What, what is that? So when I see a word like that in a sefer, I take that as a personal challenge. I always want to know, what's uh, the talk of the word to figure it out. So I uh, broke my head. No one seemed to explain. I broke my head a little bit till I figured out that you can look it up. It's on Wikipedia. In Turkey, there's a bread called yufka. Then I uh, asked Rabbi and he said, oh, of course, yufka, he lives in Turkey. But uh, unless you live in Turkey, you wouldn't know this word, it's a Turkish word. So he says, "Hayufkas, yufkas sho-eysim and Another describes how you make yufkas. He says, you take flour, a measure of flour, and then you take half of the measure, and you put it in the water, and the woman makes a dough. Then she takes a small piece off, you know, a tegala, as we would say it in Yiddish. Then she gives it, uh, apparently she gives it to her Gayasha maid. The maid does the harder, uh, the rolling part, so the, she's, the maid is rolling it. But there's still flour, so that was only half the flour in the, from the measure. From the flour that remains, she keeps on adding powdering flour as it's being rolled. And if you look in the video, they don't do it quite like that, but if you pay attention in that video that I was describing, you see that while they're rolling it, the whole the surface is covered in flour. So like the thing is constantly being flipped into the flour as they're rolling it and flattening it and straightening it. So that's a key part of how this, uh, what, what the tshuva here is calling uh, yufka. Until it becomes large and very thin, And then they have a metal. On a fire, and she puts it on the metal, and then she flips it over uh, in her hand, and takes it off. Mamish, that's uh, that bread. So the Rav and uh, Manisa had written that he thinks it should be Yasser because what about all the flour that's on the dough? It's a that says you shouldn't add more flour to the matzo dough. And then you have uh, also the smack, I think he's referring to. So what do you say, Rajdam? So, like I said, you can look up Yofka and uh, Yufka is described on Wikipedia, it's a Turkish name, very thin, large, unleavened, so it's, not, it's also Dafkin genat Mamish very interesting. It, it's Turkish cuisine, it's an Arab cuisine, and they mention that it's also known as lavash, meaning what, uh, the, what they're calling lavash in Iran is talking the same thing as uh, this, so it's mamish talk, uh, and that just looks like what he's describing, but literally is what he's describing. That was the Shayah. So what's the Tshuvah? Doctor Chuvvah al Indian Ayufkas that you wrote. The truth is, I believe, Dr. Mashdam, Shamir Nafsha Yukikmian. The right thing to do would be to stay away. The term of Sadashan you mentioned, and the flower from the Gemara, you have that been Yuruchim. But then Marashdam says, however, if this is what they've always been doing, if this is what they've always been eating, ain't limch beyodim, you shouldn't be Maicha. Because they have a big, big uh, they have food to rely on, who's that? The Rambam. The Rambam says clearly, you're allowed to bake flour and eat the flour. Case closed. So, even though other the restraints disagree, but bake flour is fine. And Dr. Marshdam, I know for sure, ki from Barusa and all. Look at what's Barusa. So, today in Turkey, it's called Bursa. I guess they're generally broadly within. The larger Turkey, they're relatively close to each other. From Barusa and on Hadin Oikulam And then he has, and I heard also Bakhl in Arabistan, they eat Yufkas. What Arabistan? Arabistan was a name that was used at that time, time of the Beis Yosef, to describe the larger Arab area, Syria, and all that all of those countries. So Bakhl throughout the Arab countries, they didn't eat Yufkas. What I would understand uh, is that there was some tension here between Shmuel de Medina, it's a Spanish name, he's clearly from uh, a Spanish background, they were expelled, they ended up in Turkey. Then you add the original local yidn were more Arabian in character and in tradition. And what I'm sensing here is that the Arabian Yidden had their way of doing things and they ate this bread naturally, this is the bread they ate. And uh, the Svardim were not used to eating that bread, etc. And it just didn't look right to them. And that's what was causing this. Uh, and that's why he's saying, you're right between the restrain and that we follow, but they follow the Rambam. We have to be Makatsar. So he saved Dover, even like I said, but they have who to rely on. And he says, and if you use matzamel then it's Takamutter." And he says, even we, even we make sufganin, we make fried uh, treats from matzah So it's interesting that he himself did eat what we would call gebrakht. Obviously the Alter Rebbe could be mitaretz and say that his matzah was fine. It's no problem if you have the old matzah. The problem is the new Ashkenazi matzah. So interestingly, he technically mentions that he also ate gebrakht from matzah But uh, he's complaining about the scenario in which this flower, which is what the Alter Rebbe is uh, concerned about. Even though we have many other chumras, but that, even we don't have that chumra, then he mentions that it's okay for different oh. Jews to coexist and have different minhagim. Um, Why is matzah not altarbas? I don't get it. What, what, what is the matzah? If the matzah is baked properly, there is no flour on it. If there's, if it's baked properly, there's no flour on it. Altarbas says that's fine. It's just that if there's flour on it, Marshdam is saying I, we have matzah meal, but there's no flour on that matzah. Presumably, according to Altarbas, he's only concerned with the yufka that has flour on it as they bake it. So he concludes and he says, if you listen to me, drop the whole fight, drop the whole machlaikas, and we'll all be better off. That's what the Rashdama was talking about. Then you have the prechadish, prechadish. lived hundred years later, 1600s. Uh, he's known as being very original and very uh, strong in his opinions, opinionated. I spoke about him last year when we were talking about the additional purim's, Purim Yitzrayim, Purim this, Purim that. So he has this whole ariches, the yufkas, and he quotes the description essentially from the Rashidam and he says, I don't see any problem. Now this, now that, even the ben etc. This is over there. That's a whole pile of flour. Here, there's just a little thin layer of flour. Not enough for anything to happen. That's what al Rebbe meant when he said that the Prikhadash, who later, as we'll see, paskins like the Reiny Ruchem, at the same time, when it came to Rajdam's concern, he said, "No, nah, I don't think that's what we're. That's not the same thing. That's just a, a little. Flat. That's what al Rebbe has to say. I'm paskin like the Prikhadash, but being machmir like what the Rajdam held. The Rajdam had a problem with those breads, even though the Prikhadash himself didn't." Then he mentions that the Rajdam mentions that he used to make uh, gebrokt sufganim. And he says that there are some Machranim that say that you shouldn't, because there's a Maisei, a that there was a woman in Aisha's Khaver who was using matzumel, and her neighbor walked in and thought that she was using flour. Say, so Bazoa, you can't just use matzumel like that. Um, and of Gedalia Arbalanditaka, in his essay, his presentation, he begins with a bunch of Ishraim Machranim that make this point. He says, even that would be enough of a reason to say that this is a marker for Gebracht. Just a Khshash that someone would get the wrong idea. So the Prichadash quotes this from the Knesset and he rejects that as well, Elon ulegzugzeidus which is in character for the Prichadash, I think it fits also with the thing we were talking about last year, being mekatzir very much, then he quotes the Rambam who says, bichlal, that uh, roasting the flour is fine, but the Beis Yosef brings and the Smack. And here the Prichadash says, So that's where the Atarabah is saying the Prichadash pask and the Prichadash pask, and that's this line over here that we have to listen to them because they're the Royf. Especially the Achmar be Surah Day isa And then again, Al T though uh, we just said earlier he didn't agree in the scenario that Al-Tarab is talking about. So for that we need the Rajdam. And again, he talks about the different chshash and the different food. And he says the yufkas should be fine. The yufkas, the way it's done, the, the flour is fine, the metal, the way it's done, he didn't see a problem with it. So he's consistent with that. So I think just by seeing this uh, entire background, the Rashdam and the Prichardash, and, and especially to understand the mitzvahs, and if you can see the mitzvahs, would be even better. I think that gives us a, a whole different degree of understanding and insight into what Al Eber was saying. And we can truly understand where the concept of Gabrakt Originated from and where the Alter took it from. It didn't mamish come out of uh, completely out of nowhere. Like I said, there's much more in the halachic uh, background from the Gedaliah blender, the story from the Baruchah blender. We can't get into all that. But I just want to focus on the last part. al Rebbe at the end through in the Arizal. This, uh, meaning, like, well, the question was, well, why Dafke Chsidim? Why Dafke ch-sidis? So the Vart is that Chsidim and began as uh, even before Chassidim and came along, there were people that were following Menhoge ar Yidden that uh, wanted to serve the Torah on a higher level. They look around, they're not happy with how uh, everyone else is uh, living their Yiddishkeit. They're trying to take it to the next level. That's uh, Dover Pasha. And in Kabbalah and in Chassidim, Chometz in particular has a certain significance. Chometz, we look at, Ma- Matzah we look at as the Michael Ha'amunah. On Pesach, we look at Chometz as being Mamish, the complete opposite. So it's not just a technical halachic thing, we found the halacha, we found the chumre. But pashtus yesh leimar that, and not everyone who writes about this in the halachic aspect mentions this because it's uh, maybe meta-halachic, but it's a ruchlis de gazach, there's a chsidrish ruchlis de gazach, an attitude, a way of looking at what chometz is, and when when we spend Pesach uh, getting nervous about chometz. What that's really supposed to mean is it's supposed to be a stand-in for being nervous about klippe, kfira, whatever it is that uh, we want to get rid of. So that's, the, that's where, you see the al himself, towards the end, brings in that Arizal in the way he does. And one more point I want to make, and I, with that I'll pretty much conclude, is that I, I, there's also, you know, people ask, you know, what's the products? Can we bring products into the house, can we not? I think a big part of uh, Pesach, Yiddishkei Bechlal, is that the way you do things, the tzir, the, the way you do uh, what you eat, how you eat it, is also important, also matters. And I think that part of the story of Gebrox, like I mentioned in the beginning, is that they're coming and saying no more knedlach. What I had the impression that I get was that knedlach taco was considered Mamish like a Pesach dek or Crumbling the matzah was also, it was like a Pesach dek just like, this kreplach, this halbshkes, there's certain machalim that are associated with the yamtif. I think Knedlach and, and, and gebracht also had that association, and they're coming and taking that away. And that was why it was a bigger deal. And where do I see a eye to this? There's a famous quote that gets quoted a lot these days from Isaac of Eteb, who wrote at Shuvah, about some Shaila and Ilchus Pesach, and he mentions that in Mezrich they already were on uh, Shruya and Gebracht. So what did they do? They, they had Knedlach though. What did they do? The, Achak! Says in Shochanarach that you're allowed to take kidneys and make matzah out of kidneys. When you say kidneys, don't touch kidneys, it means stam to eat rice, stam to eat uh, grain. But if you take it to the matzah bakery and you grind it and you, put, you run it through the matzah bakery, you do it all above board properly, you can have kidneys on Pesach no problem. The, Nachmer, he says, they, 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 weren't even, they wouldn't keep shruya, they wouldn't keep gebrachts with this. So, Ebazai, you can't use the matzah meal for knedlach, so you make ketnis matzah, you grind that, and then you mix that with uh, your ingredients and you have uh, knedlach. Why are they going out of their way, kremzlach and knedlach, why are they going out of their way to this? L'chaireh, that indicates to me that it was a peschit they weren't, uh, when they started the chumrah, they weren't so willing to just drop the, the knedlach. And mekenef shazaga, that's tackled also the pshat and the al tereb. Al tereb says says, yamtav aachel and simqas yamtav lehifsit. Obviously, the Rebbe explained it on a whole, uh, on a different level. But what's the Alter Rebbe talking about? So, Kenzogin that kneidlach was part of simchas yamtiv. On uh, was not a pesach, was not a simchas yamtiv. So to make sure that pesach didn't go by without any kneidlach, so or or the two things the Alter Rebbe describes. That's why uh, the Alter Rebbe said what he said. Over time, I think at this point we don't associate it with pesach and. Uh, Potatoes came and the other things that are Pesachdik that we associate as Pesachdik and Machalim. As we saw, different things changed over time. Um, But so now, it's more of a choyk. Why are we eating knedlach? So that's what the Rebbe has to come along and say that, no, it's not just uh, you're happy because you got to eat knedlach and you were missing the knedlach the whole Pesach. Um, Kopanim. in conclusion, like we said, this is all really about the toichen of the yomtev. It's not just about being nervous and screaming at people and upsetting yourself. The uh, vart is like we said, boy That should be our intention, going into Pesach and Pesach. Uh,